0: Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt and I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 4, Great American Bash 1985. Ringmasters. What a tagline. What a tagline. <laughs> Was Steve Austin on the show?
1: Steve Austin? No.
0: Wasn't he the ringmaster? Oh god. <laughs> I'm so easily
1: duped. Where's my
0: Where's my uh Snare. snare snare I'll bring one next time Okay. great American Bash 1985 uh, as we probably mentioned last week this is a uh, video that's kind of hard to find it's a rare videotape that was put out by Pro Wrestling Illustrated it's more of a highlight video it's only an hour long show so there's not really any full matches and actually the order of the show is not correct is, it's out of order To what the show was in real life. So, since we've mentioned that, let's head on back to July 6th, 1985. Back to the Future had just been released into theaters. And the Live Aid concerts would raise over $50 million for famine relief in Ethiopia. Most remember the Live Aid concerts as one of Queen's last performances. It's the performance that's uh, shown in in Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Yeah, which is not, the timeline is different, but they're like, God, oh, we gotta put this in the movie. But I didn't watch that movie. It was a good movie. Uh, not yeah. Best Picture. No. Good movie. Uh, yeah, it was just, good movie. I love Queen, not too interested in biopics.
0: I liked it, but I'm a big, I'm a big Queen fan. I love the Queen. Great American Bash, produced by the Jim Crockett Productions for the NWA. Uh, they were at the American Legion Memorial Stadium.
1: Is this like a baseball stadium?
0: Uh, I think it was a football
1: stadium. It's huge,
0: but we'll get into that. Yeah. That's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, the show was broadcast on closed circuit television in selected areas. Yeah. It's said that the attendance is twenty seven thousand, but on the show they the say show like, thirty two. Yeah, on the on show the, they say thirty two on the video. So it may like like we say take all these uh, attendance numbers with a little bit of a grain of salt. Wait, I'll just
1: probably go into the ring setup now because it's very yeah. bizarre. It's like a giant field and the rings of course in the middle and then there's chairs basically
0: at the 50 yard line with what 10 rows of chairs around the the entire thing and then then like feels like forever everybody else is in the stands Yeah,
1: it's like i don't know how they could have seen anything there but there's a huge amount of grass like between this like stadium seating and and the chairs that are actually next to the ring
0: because you have to have room Room for for the the helicopter. helicopter yeah Actually, there was a really cool intro. It showed the stadium, the, the helicopter landing, mm-hmm. uh, some wrestlers entering the ring. A bunch of like circle, like circle fades, yeah. like swipe fades. With a really cool voiceover that just kind of got you pumped up and into the video itself. Then we actually go to Gordon Sully and Bill Apter in a studio. And uh, we've talked about Gordon Sully before, but Bill Apter is a new face for yeah, us. Yeah, I don't know
1: anything about
0: Bill. Um, he was actually the editor for... Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Checks time, out. <laughs> which in the 80s and the 90s was kind of their big time that they were Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It was, you had Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Pro Wrestling Illustrated was basically the Pro Wrestling version of Sports Illustrated.
1: They don't still make Pro Wrestling Illustrated. No, they? it is no longer. What is around. the big magazine now? There's like one that it's always like, uh, got all the awards like Wrestler no Clue of the or uh, It's the
0: Wrestling Observer Newsletter. No,
1: but there's like a magazine. I, think. I, I don't know. It's got, you know. I don't know. I I I think the the PWI top
0: 500 still gets released. So I mean, they still still may have like a presence online, but it's not an actual magazine. Or, but the magazine basically covered more of the storylines than the backstage news. So it was very kayfabe. um, In that, also, it's he was one of the people that helped compile the PWI 500, which is a list of the top 500 wrestlers every year, basically. Yeah, which. To me, is insane that you would actually be able to find five hundred wrestlers.
1: Well, I mean, there's way more than that, but like, yeah how how can you watch enough wrestling to be an authority on five a list yeah, of five hundred? Exactly, that's bananas.
0: At this point in 2019, is the WWE, NJPW, AEW, Impact, and ROH combined? I can think of maybe I might be able to get to a hundred wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of that thing. Like how did you do 500? Gordon starts talking about the first match. And that first match that is shown on this video is Buddy Landell and Ron Bass. Cowboy yes. Ron Bass. Don't forget the cowboy. And JJ Dillon is in Buddy Landell's corner. He used to be in Ron Bass's corner, and that's part of the story. Of the story. Uh, so Ron Bass had been with Dylan for a long time, but they had actually had a falling out when Landell came into the picture. Dylan started spending more time mentoring him. Some bromance, baby. Exactly. Fun story about Landell. He was actually supposed to take the belt off of Ric Flair later this year, but he got into an argument with Jim Crockett, and basically that was his. Rest that of was career. it. Yeah. Is it him that they refer to as the Nature Boy? Yes. And I, like, I thought that was
1: very weird. Also, they, he looks pretty similar to Ric Flair. He does. Very much <laughs> but so. But like, when did they take that name off of him and throw it on Rick? Or were they just like... Ric Flair already had it. So what, there was just two nature boys? Yeah. That's a, very, that's a bad idea.
0: I mean, there was a nature boy, Buddy Rogers, at one point, And that's yeah. who Flair got the name from. They need to be more creative than that. It's true. It's very true. So on to this match. Uh, baskets thrown out of the ring and Dylan uh, it- kicks him. More brawling outside of the ring. Yeah, there's a. Does he doesn't hit him with the bell at some point? Yeah, I think so. Bass gets choked with a power cord.
1: Oh yeah, there's a power cord. It's the, he hits him with the bell and then does the power cord spot, like yeah. basically right off the bat. Also, these matches, anything that was probably slow gets cut. Like Completely. so, you don't get the full. Yes. You don't get the full match. There's like hard cuts that are obvious and not hidden by any means. But it's only an hour long tape.
0: Bass finally reverses the momentum, smashes Landell against the steel barricade. But then Bass starts chasing Dylan around the outside. Bass goes for the claw on Landale, but he gets out with a couple punches. And then all of a sudden, the bell, bell rings. rings. Yeah, I, what? What is it? Hey, the, by the way, we're back in the NWA, the NWA land. It's an
1: NWA show. It is. uh it's a dusty finish, baby. <laughs> yeah. Time time limit draw is what I'm guessing. But like, how long could they have they gone? I mean, it's it's cut for sure. Yeah, but it like, totally is. St- like this is what we watched was probably like what five
0: minutes. I think it's like three. Okay, wow. Three or four yeah. minutes.
1: So, like, how could...
0: they have a... Maybe it was a time limit of, like, 15. All right. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, post-match, Bass is still chasing Dylan on the outside, but Dylan crawls into the ring, but then he runs in, like, like uh, Keystone Cop style. Running into, <laughs> uh, Bass applies the claw to Dylan, but Landell pulls him out of the ring and escapes to the back. Yeah. In the next match... Says Ole and Arn Anderson, the reprove. Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Why are uh, So the second match is that Minnesota Wrecking Crew, which is Ole and Arne Anderson. No relation in real life.
1: And those, yeah, but those, those Fabe cousin, kayfabe cousin. 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 What are their actual last names? Is Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson's actually Arn Anderson. Ver, right? Vern,
0: Vern Day or something like that. I can't think of what his real name is right offhand.
1: Arn is a pretty great name.
0: Yeah. Uh, versus Buzz Sawyer and Dick Slater. Yep. It's your favorite. Yeah, I like Dick Slater. Uh, Buzz, this is the one of the last, because oh, he okay. gets in trouble, too. This is for the NWA National Tag Team Championship. Uh, so Sawyer and Slater rush the ring, start attacking the Andersons. Sawyer has a
1: Oh, I love those boots. They look so cool with, uh, like, the leg drop. They're so stupid. They're like, <laughs> they were but, very stupid. Yeah. Looking. They're like if you took an UGG and turned it inside out. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. But, uh, and Ole uses, like, yeah, it basically starts
0: with a brawl, and Ole starts using the belt. Like you said, the big leg drop by Sawyer on Arn, but, and Slater rushes in to attack uh, Ole on the apron. Cut to Ole getting tossed from the top rope by Slater. Yep. And then, basically, Sawyer goes for a cover like two or three times, and every time he goes for the cover, the ref is distracted by the Andersons, and then finally Ole breaks up a pin attempt with an elbow drop of his own, rolls Sawyer over, and the one, two, three, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, and the victory.
1: It was a quick one. Not a great one. I like the boots. (laughs) Did you love Dick Slater still? I don't even remember this happened so fast, and I watched it this morning. (laughs) I have no, yeah, this, no strong opinions about this match outside of the cool boots.
0: I, I feel like this match probably went on longer than it probably should have, and to cut out all the boring parts, yeah, was they they had to find some interesting. Yeah, games, had, uh, yeah, Pwi editing team uh, saved us. Uh, exactly. Saved us ten minutes of our lives. <laughs> uh, head back to Bill Apter, who calls the next match the biggest match at the Bash. This is also the first six man tag match we've seen. Exactly,
1: which I feel like is a like, maybe it becomes a thing later
0: on. Uh, in I the think Mar- the NWA North American. had a six man tag oh, no, really? belt at yeah. some point.
1: I mean, you see it a lot in New Japan, which is probably the New main Japan thing that I pay six-man. attention to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's always a six man, but it was yeah, I was surprised with the with the six man because I haven't seen that in a lot of uh, North American exactly matches. in the
0: olden older times. <laughs> when he called it the biggest match, I was all like really this the and then he was like with over 1700 pounds in the ring and I was like oh and that's that's just Graham Conga and Abdullah (laughs) I see what you did there Bill after yeah so yeah this third match we got Manny Fernandez Sam Houston Buzz Tyler versus superstar Billy Graham Conga the Barbarian and Abdullah the Butcher with Paul Jones in their corner yep uh poor Sam Houston he was tiny compared to all these other people.
1: Yeah, he was. He looks very small, uh, but he just gets takes the brunt of everything. But he takes uh, he sells and bumps so well. I loved it. Fun fact about Sam
0: Houston: I, I know nothing about him. His big brother is Jake the Snake. Oh, okay. That's all right. Yeah, all I know about Sam Houston.
1: Where was he for Jake while Jake was smoking crack for the last like thirty years?
0: Uh, who knows? Uh, dating dating baby doll. Oh really? Yeah, he actually married Baby Doll, okay. which we'll meet later. Yeah, on I'm in sure. The show. You, I, do you have any facts about Baby Doll later? Uh, other than that, he married. Santa <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so this match gets going. Barbarian's getting right hands from everywhere as Fernandez. Yeah, Houston, Barbarian's and totally, Tyler. totally a ham in the ring. Oh yeah, totally. A leaping crossbody off the second rope from Fernandez gets a two count. Then the heels start taking control of the match with Graham and Abby double teaming Houston. And then Barbarian hits a leg drop on Houston. More damage on Houston from everybody. <laughs> I think Houston's the only person that took a real bump in this, in so. this uh, match. But then a leapfrog and a crossbody from Houston to Superstar Billy Graham, oh, and it brings it. everybody I into the it. ring to brawl. And then in the melee, which we then cut to a very wide screen shot <laughs> of the match, so you can't really see what is actually happening. Houston rolls Graham up for it's the okay. win.
1: I love it. I love that. I know it's silly, but I loved Sam Houston uh, selling. I loved the crossbody, and I loved that he actually, you know, put pinned Billy Graham. Uh, it was super fun. I'm a Sam Houston fan. I don't know if he ever Houston. wrestles again, but I just uh, I had a big heart. For, no clue
0: for Sam Houston. I think the surprising thing about this is that you have him roll up superstar Billy Graham, who used to be the biggest star in. WWF.
1: I think that's why I was so excited. I like it when I like Like it he's when... probably the biggest star in out of all these six people. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he they like he even agreed to
0: take. The man. <laughs> exactly. Back to the studio, Gordon is previewing the next match by stating sometimes a manager will overstep in quest of victory. And then they show a video of Jimmy Valiant being ambushed by Paul Jones and his army. So that leads us into the fourth match, which is Jimmy Valiant. Seconded by Buzz Tyler and Paul versus Paul Jones with Abdul the Butcher as his yeah. second. In a dog collar match. We Damn. literally were just saying, have there ever been any more dog collar matches? Well, we get one right here. We get one right here. First thing that happens, Jones goes to put the collar on Abby. <laughs> <laughs> but Buzz Tyler jumps in and forces it onto Jones. Uh, but while he's doing that, I don't know if it, the sh- Screen doesn't show it very well, but Abby actually reaches into his trunks and pulls out a spike. Pulls
1: out the, the FO, the foreign object, and spikes Jimmy Valiant in the head. Yeah, so it starts
0: with color and opens up His forehead.
1: Uh, I was surprised that Paul Jones was like he was more fit than I imagined. Well,
0: he was a wrestler for a long time, and yeah. then he just kind of transitioned into, into managing. Yeah, it was just uh, like you know when you're wearing a suit, exactly. can't tell. So Jones is basically in control for most of the match using the chain to damage Valiant. Then somehow he gets turned around on the second rope. And there's a rack spot. And, yeah, Valiant racks him with, with the, the chain. chain. And then we get some Jimmy Valiant shaky leg.
1: Yeah, Boogie Boy. Because Jones... yeah, what that's his uh he's got a weird like I don't know if it's his catchphrase or what, but it's like FM one hundred means music on his on his like the back of his trunks. And I was like, is he is he, is he doing an ad for, like, a radio station? Or is it because he's, like, the, the boogie-woogie man, or what?
0: Maybe a little bit of both.
1: Uh, yeah. Get paid. Uh, Get so paid, Jones,
0: Jimmy. Jones, I guess, tries to escape the ring. And he's on the outside, actually. Valiant just keeps pulling on the chain and knocking him into the ring post. Valiant just uh, beating on Jones back in the ring. And then he puts the sleeper on. And then while he has a sleeper on, Abby tries to sneak in behind. With the FO. And then Valiant... Uh, goes to deal with him, but Jones comes from behind and hits Abby instead. And basically, then we see Valiant hit the big elbow drop for the pin. Yep. Post-match, Abby starts attacking Valiant, and then Buzz Tyler comes in with a chair to clear the ring for Valiant and Tyler to stand tall. We then head back to the studio. Gordon's preview in the next match, calling it the closest thing to, to World, World War, War III. Three. He makes a bunch of, like
1: nuclear war like i mean they're not jokes but it's like comparing <laughs> and of course it's because uh this next match has ivan koloff it's the
0: russians the russian team Olaf versus the road warriors Ooh, what a rush <laughs> the uh
1: i love their haircuts
0: that was my that was like literally one of my favorite sayings as a at, kid, kid. hawking animal gotta love them with paul ellering with hair. Did you notice that? Paul Ellering had had hair. hair. And this match is for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. And the AWA belts are both their belts because they both have belts. Technically, the only the NWA belts were on the line. Oh, but yeah. the Road Warriors
1: were, were the, the AWA, AWA champions. Oh, okay. Uh,
0: the Road Warriors with Paul Ellering have all been inducted into the NWA Professional Wrestling, WWE, and Wrestling Observer Hall of Fames. Before I get started on the match, I got another. I, do you know who this person is? Crusher Khrushchev. He becomes more famous as, as a different gimmick. Who was this gimmick? Just tell me. I don't know. Smash in the uh, demolition. Okay. But okay. then he goes on to do another gimmick after that, which is one of the most one of the worst gimmicks of all time.
1: Is it the? Um, oh, I can't think of it. The stupid stormtrooper mask guy. No. <laughs> Repo Man. Oh, he's Repo Man? He's Repo That's Man. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, Repo yeah. Man looks so cool
0: It's so stupid. It's so stupid, but it's <laughs> such a fun gimmick. Yeah. But back to the match. Uh, Road Warriors rush the ring, to but the Russians get out. You see Hawk punishing Ivan. Hawk Irish whips Koloff into the corner and then runs, but runs into a big boot. Koloff goes off the top rope, but Hawk is up and press slams Koloff into the ring, which is a cool spot. Hawk bites Koloff and another press slam Definitely some biting Animal taunts Crusher to come in And when he finally does Hawk rushes in and takes him to the outside Where they're brawling Uh, Back in the ring though Animal is trying to double choke slam Koloff But Crusher finally makes it away from Hawk And makes the save Koloff then gets the hot tag to Crusher Who starts beating down Animal And the Russians finally take control of the match We get a lariat Russian sickle double KO spot from Crusher and Animal. Animal gets the hot tag to Hawk, takes down both Russians. We get a big clothesline and a pin attempt, but Crusher makes the save. Which, a couple weeks ago, you asked me, side note here, you asked me the difference between a lariat
1: and and a clothesline.
0: And I found out what it is. Oh, really? A clothesline, you have to keep your arms straight.
1: Oh, and then Lariat. Like a clothesline, Lariat, hooks like a Lariat, a you're, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you're basically hooking and hitting them with... Yeah. I, I didn't know. And, yeah. now, and now we all know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> yeah, Crusher makes the save after the clothesline. Animals in to chase him out. The Road Warriors are in the ring with Koloff. And lifts him up for a power slam off the second rope. But Crusher comes from behind, hits Animal with a chair. Oh, yeah, we get a ref bump. But somehow the chair is now in the ring, and Hop grabs the chair and starts using it on both the Russians. Hits both of them like a couple times, and then the bell is rung, and we're all pretty sure it's probably a DQ. Mm-hmm. But they decide on the double DQ. Old Earl Hebner with his double DQs, <laughs> he cannot get a straight one, two, three yeah, pin in any of these shows. It was yeah. I
1: love I love the Russian heat. This isn't the best example of the Russian heat, but it's still. Uh it's still real it's still real in 85
0: I was a huge fan of Hawk and Animal the Road Warriors I loved the Road Warriors yeah
1: I really love that one, that one has uh, a mohawk and the other one basically has the outline of a mohawk
0: for hair they got all their their gimmick from Mad Max yeah that would have been great a, if it's always uh, a good choice
1: if we could have got a Animal and Hawk cameo in um, Fury Road
0: that would have been fun <laughs> unfortunately one of them's dead oh yeah I don't remember. Are, are they?
1: I thought one. I thought they were both at like.
0: No, only one of them was. Only one of them was at all in. Yeah. Only okay. One of them was all in. The other right. one passed away. I think it's. I think it's Larinitis, which is Hawk. I believe. Don't quote me. I don't have it in front. <laughs> yeah. Back to the studio. Apner and Sully are talking about Magnum T A, saying he's destined to be one of the greats. Sully up says says your, fa- says your favorite says your favorite word two
1: bellies who play which is Magnum TA's like
0: signatures the belly to belly we actually get some highlights of Magnum TA doing the belly g- to giving belly. those belly to bellies to basically show how great of a move it is and then uh, Sully says uh, his opponent Kamala is very unorthodox so we get that sixth match of the show Magnum TA versus Kamala with Scandor Akbar what a name Scandor Akbar are you gonna say it. It's a trap. I know I couldn't stop you. I'm glad you got it out of your system, though. Uh, and the uh, match is for the NWA U.S. Championship. Uh, Kamala with lots of overhead chops to the shoulders as the match I, begins. I love
1: his stupid overhead chop. Uh, I mean, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it hurts or anything. It's just very animated, and uh, it was. It was fun. I mean, obviously that character uh shouldn't have flown at any time <laughs>
0: but at least he has a cool chop yeah we get a flying cross body to take kamala off of his feet then kamala tries to wear down magnum with a chokehold. magnum gets up but an overhead chop and then a big splash but only a two count get another big splash but for some reason Kamala doesn't roll him over to try for another cover and then Kabbalah Irish whips and goes to Splash Magnum in the corner. But T.A. moves. Then we get three drop kicks by T.A. Gets the pin. One, two, three. Well, he does a... He oh, did, goes for the pin. I'm sorry. Yeah, he goes for the pin and then does the belly to belly. For the now, well, Akbar yeah. actually jumps in the ring when he's going for the pin. And uh, he breaks it up. And the ref calls for the bell because obviously you have outside... Oh, yeah. This is a horrible finish to it this is, match. But I
1: did love that... Uh, T A does it's a pretty sloppy belly to belly, but Kamal is a big guy, so whatever. Yeah. But then he counts for himself and I love that. That he like he got like, covered he, him anyway, and then like cut and counted he's like, pin himself. Oh yeah, the
0: match is over. I guess that's all. Yeah. I just loved him counting for himself. It's like, screw it, I won. So we go back to after and Soli, they start talking Nikita Koloff. He's the Russian ambassador of destruction. Get a video of an Ivan Koloff promo. He says, basically, the Kremlin has chosen Nikita to be the next world champion.
1: Oh yeah, and I love this. It's like them basically working out in a dank basement. Yeah, and like there's like a a, a bag that he's punching, and it's got like a picture of Ric Flair like taped to it. It's
0: all it's all really yes. it's all really fun. Yes. We also get a video of Nikita attacking David Crockett, which will come into play as David mm-hmm. Crockett is the special referee. Um, Apter says that Ric Flair went to the board of directors and demanded that the Koloff not be suspended because he wants Koloff in the ring. Because USA, baby. That's right. And then we get a video from another show of Flair attacking Nikita, which leads us right into the seventh match of the show. Ric Flair versus Nikita Koloff, with Ivan Koloff in his corner, for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Special guest referee. David Crockett is a special referee. So, Nikita makes his entrance as the Russian national anthem is being played. Gotta get that Russian heat. Yeah. everyone. Keep heat, baby. And then, who of anybody is going to arrive in a helicopter oh, but Ric Flair? And of course, as Spach Zarathustra plays over the PA. We even get a woo as Flair is about to enter the ring.
1: Yeah, he doesn't spam the woos like he, he does later no, in his he, career. At this no, point. He definitely doesn't.
0: Basically, match starts off Koloff showing off his power, just throwing yeah, Flair around, around like a rag doll. we get Flair chops in the corner, and then a hip toss. It really felt like even though Crockett was put in this match because he was beaten up by Nikita, he was kind of he was calling it down the middle. Oh, yeah, he, he was doing a good job. Uh, we get a Nikita bear hug, which is always super fun. Uh, Flair escapes with an atomic yeah. drop. And then a back suplex by Flair locks in the figure four. Kida breaks the hold by gouging the eyes. Yeah, a little face rake. We get everyone's favorite classic Flair spot: the Irish whip into the corner, flips over the ropes, and tumbles off into the outside.
1: Yeah, is this the one where he? Uh, maybe that's another match. But he like lands on a chair as soon as he falls out of the ring. It
0: might be a different match. I, mean, All right. I don't remember. I don't remember if chair being there, but he that may have been. Uh, Koloff slams Flair's head into the ring post, and Flair is broken
1: open. Yeah, basically he throws him in there. Flair hits the ground, cuts himself while he gets back, while Nikita gets back in the ring. And uh, you know that all that blood looks great on that uh, like white bleach bleach blonde white
0: hair. Yeah. Uh, We have a Russian sickle from Nikita that has Flair down, but Nikita takes too long to cover and only gets a two count. Another bear hug attempt, but Flair claps the ears to escape. We get some chops, some styling and profiling, which leads to a vertical suplex. Right before
1: that suplex, though, there's a spot that I loved where he wiped blood from his face and flicked it uh, to Ivan on the outside, and I thought that was uh, pretty pretty gnarly and a good visual. I missed
0: that. And That's that was awesome. it. was right
1: before that big suplex to the elbow drop.
0: Yeah, the elbow drop. Still another two count. Uh, Flair stays on Nikita with some lefts, rights, chops, just trying to wear him down. Ivan, all of a sudden, is up on the top rope and goes to jump in, but David Crockett gets in the way, takes a little bit of a ref bump, and then real life happens.
1: Yeah, as I was like, I like, I wasn't sure if that was planted or not, but I had a feeling that it wasn't. But a uh, fan,
0: fan rushes the, the ring. rushes the ring and starts attacking Nikita <laughs> because he's a Russian. You got to oh, attack man. the Russians, right? Uh, security finally clears the ring, and the match just kind of continues from where it left off. We see the flare Irish whip spot again. Oh, we get a we get a man
1: possessed call,
0: fighting like a man possessed. We do, but he stays on the apron this time. Runs to the top rope, and a crossbody onto Nikita. This crossbody was horrible. Is it is it is it worse than it was it worse, worse than Starcade, Starcade eighty three? Oh. But here. But they roll over Ivan, who's still laying in the ring, which is very similar to the Starcade 83 ending, but we only get a one count. Flair then goes out onto the apron and starts giving chops and elbows to Nikita, who's kind of uh, has his arms locked in the, the ropes on the inside. Nikita tries to lift him up to do a suplex, but Flair. Hol- I thought Flair hol- held onto the ropes. I also read that possibly nikita tripped on david crockett's feet i don't know which one so i've seen it both. i I can see it either way but basically somehow nikita isn't able to get flair up completely and flair falls on top of nikita (laughs) david crockett counts the one two three yeah
1: i i kind of like that finish it was kind of surprising i don't know it was just it was weird it was weird. Lift him it, over it, the ropes, but not be able to hold him up and him falling. And then the, right into the count. Yeah. It's like, maybe if this maybe this match was an hour long, but with the quick cuts, it's not. If it was like an hour long, you'd be like, oh, he's so tired, he can't do it. It was a weird way to end it. Exactly.
0: Post-match, the Kolov start to- stomping on Crockett and then attacking Flair. Uh, all of a sudden, we get an announcement telling fans yeah, so to, not not not, to stay clear ring. of the ring. So I'm wondering if there was more... <sighs>
1: Maybe it was like uh, like Nickel Beer Night <laughs> in North Carolina.
0: Uh, Nikita came off the top rope while Ivan was holding Flair to give him a backdrop Russian-Sickle combo, which looked pretty cool. And then your favorite new favorite wrestler, Sam Houston, rushes in. Oh, he does. Uh, but Nikita basically uh, tears him up and kicks him out of the ring. Uh, some more chump wrestlers join in. And the Coloss... Don't call Sam a chump. I didn't call Sam. I saw, <laughs> called the other wrestlers who I didn't know who they were. But the co-ops keep tossing them from the ring, and then one more Russian sickle on Flair sends him over the top rope to the outside, and we cut away from the match. <laughs> Headed back to the studio, Gordon Sully starts talking Tully Blanchard and Baby Doll, with a cool video of them in a limo at an yeah. airport.
1: Uh, also, like, yeah, I was surprised at like how much of a rocker Baby
0: Doll is. I know, I, like, I didn't know what she looked like at all going into this. I just kept hearing the the name name baby doll yeah she looks pretty I, badass honestly i expected a much more fem, feminine-ish oh no she type yeah
1: she looks like uh, she, yeah like she should be in um, Joan Jett's band exactly yeah. I, she's, don't, like, I don't mean, i don't mean like, anything
0: like, bad by what i said no.
1: But, no she's she's a babe but she's like totally, totally uh totally. like alternative for 85 not not the kind of look you would assume for like a Ring valet exactly in, in like wrestling in
0: '85 or even like all the way up to like '98. True. After starts talking Dusty Rhodes, and then we get a video of Blanchard and Baby Doll bl- trying to blind Dusty by throwing uh, that, a
1: fireball. The fireball looked legit. I, I mean, mean, it, it obviously was; did. it was real fire, but it looked.
0: Uh, it yeah, that angle was good, and it looked pretty brutal. Exactly. Uh, We get a dusty promo here. He's gonna be the judge, jury, and hangman.
1: I love that. I have that too. Uh, And hangman, not executioner. He's the hangman, daddy.
0: Uh, Sully starts previewing the match. Of course, yeah.
1: The he's got the glasses on, and you can tell there's a bandit underneath it. He's got the hat on, and like as he's talking, he like takes one off, and then the other. And his eyes, like this is a pretty bad tape, so I can't tell if he's like actually got any kind of like bruising on his eyes or not, but. Or if it's, like, makeup, because, you know, this is definitely not uh, 1080. No. <laughs> it's not even, like, uh, 720 by any means.
0: Uh, but, yeah, Sully pre- starts previewing the next match, calling it the dealer versus the riverboat gambler for the gold and the girl. Yeah. He Dramatic pause there was great. So we head into the eighth match. Obviously, well, we get gotta... it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Oh, you, I wasn't sure if you talked about the... If Dusty wins, he gets Baby Doll for 30 days? I haven't said it yet. Sorry. But I was getting
0: there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Eighth match Dusty Rhodes versus Tully Blanchard with Baby Doll in a non sanctioned lights out steel cage match for the NWA World Television Championship and 30 days of Baby Doll's services. That's so gnarly. Some real-life information here. Uh I feel like Dusty may have added the lights-out stipulation. So this match had to be the main event. Which, I don't know if everyone knows, but Dusty and Ric Flair kind of had a little bit of a real-life feud. And so it was kind of Dusty, being the booker of the show, kind of going, I'm going to be the main event, even though you're the world heavyweight champion.
1: Also, if it's in a cage, it's normally at the end of the It usually is,
0: but... He added the extra stipulation to make sure that, that he was on the top of the car. Exactly. So the match begins, and Tully pulls Dusty into the steel cage, and Dusty's eye is bleeding. Immediate color. Um, (laughs) Immediate color. Do you feel like it was already worse than what it was at Starcade '84?
1: Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. Like basically, they brawl for a second. He throws him off the cage, elbow drops him, and then it's just like,
0: yeah, just like a splash of paint. Exactly. A big splash of paint. Uh, We get some atomic elbows, maybe even bionic uh, by Rhodes. Throws Tully into the cage, starts dragging his face against the steel cage. And then we get some some, some TB color as well. Exactly. Uh, Rhodes goes for a vertical suplex, but Tully reverses. Goes to go off the ropes, but Dusty comes back with a clothesline of his own. And locks in that figure four. Locks in the figure four, but Tully rolls it over and gets the ropes to escape. Uh, Tully goes for a pile driver, but Dusty backdrops him. And then we get Tully trying to escape the cage, which it wasn't really said if that was a... Yeah, they don't They don't say whether it's a three count. they have to get pinned or if you can climb out of the cage. I mean,
1: traditionally a cage matches like out of the cage.
0: You um... can, but usually the cages at least are usually a little bit bigger than... Cause like literally he could have jumped from the ring post to the top of the cage <laughs> if he had wanted to. He goes to save the cage. Dusty climbs up and starts to headbutt. Great place for a headbutt. Mm-hmm. We get an atomic elbow and Tully falls to the cr- to the ring. And then Dusty walks out into the middle of the rope a little bit. And... Yeah, it's
1: kind of it's kind of weird because you figure like he could just. Go off the top, and you know he's not going to do any kind of flip. Exactly. (laughs) So, him walking like a a foot or two off of the rope, doing some more like something you see more often in like Lucha and High Flyers. Exactly.
0: Uh, But he misses a flying elbow. Uh, Tully goes back up to the top of the cage, and Baby Doll hands him
1: an elbow pad. An elbow pad. And I asked you about this because I was confused. Like, what is he going to do with an elbow pad? Which you, you explained.
0: So, in the video package. That was earlier. Whenever they did the fireball, mm-hmm. baby doll actually had run in and gave and, him like and gave him whatever a, the fireball thing is flash uh, paper. elbow pad. Oh, it was an elbow pad that had the flash paper or whatever in it, in it yeah. basically. And that's basically what you were supposed yeah. to think was that oh they're doing yeah. the same thing so we can throw another. They didn't fireball. say
1: that in the package. I just assumed that she just like gave him the flash paper or whatever. But uh, yeah, so I was like, what, what's he going to do with an elbow pad? Exactly. But that's just probably me being dumb at
0: ten a.m. But then Tully gets back into the ring, and Dusty, like, literally, as soon as he gets in the ring, hits Tully with a pile driver. A very
1: not good-looking pile driver. <laughs> no, it just it, looks It looks bad. It looked very bad. Uh, and it was a
0: Ric Flair crossbody bad. And Dusty gets the win. Dusty's winning, just one. The announcers mm-hmm. are going on and on. About baby doll. He gets baby doll services <laughs> for thirty days. for the next 30 days. But Nothing then, all the of a sudden, they, then they, they remember... And new, uh, oh yeah, that's right. He, uh, yeah, he yeah. won the belt too. That's that's right. He's the new television champion.
1: And at the end, like I like how she, well she's throwing a fit or whatever. But like, there's a bunch of people, so you can't actually see him. Yeah, a bunch of wrestlers off, like talk about, like grab her, so she yeah, can't run it's, off. It's pretty. It's kind of. It's pretty fucked up.
0: Uh, they head back to the studio, and uh, Bill, after Gordon Solie, basically say their goodbyes. Yeah, thanks for joining us. That kind of thing. PWI, that they drop King of Sports at some
1: point. Like, you know, it's just a typical goodbye. And we get our montage, which I
0: love. Montage with the credits rolling. And a fantastic song. Exactly. Which you probably have heard some of already. (laughs) Overall thoughts of this hour-long highlight video? Oh, it's hour-long. It's fun. It's cool. There's
1: there's fun stuff in there. Uh, It was nice to get video packages, with the exception of the elbow pad thing but that just might have been me, that actually tell the backgrounds cuz in like 83 and 84 and even in WrestleMania they don't go into
0: like why the, wide, yeah like
1: the setup of the story is much like not like today where every
0: you get a 5 minute long video yeah, package
1: yeah before every WWE like pay-per-view thing and even like on the like weekly shows it's, it's all true. yeah all video
0: package all the time I mean I'm glad this was a highlight video because they clipped probably most of these matches were probably a problematic 10 to 12 minutes and they cut them down to four minutes long yeah. which made them very tolerable and mostly entertaining.
1: I didn't like the fact that the crowd was so far away outside of like the, you know, 40 rows. I mean, literally you know,
0: other than the fan rushing the ring, I you probably could have done the show without a crowd there because there was no heat. Really... There was
1: like a little bit, but there wasn't that many people uh, actually around them. Exactly, r- r- ring. it was it was bizarre.
0: I mean, I feel like no match was really inc- there wasn't an incredible match no. in this, but nothing was. There wasn't one of those matches where it's just like, why is this match happening?
1: Yeah, yeah, you can skip it, but like, I wouldn't tell
0: you to skip it. No, if you can definitely find a copy of this, I would, I, I would definitely. Say watch it because it's, yeah. it's going to be an hour of your life, and you're going to you're going to enjoy. It's probably the last two matches, most of all. Yeah.
1: One thing that was weird to me was that uh, at the beginning of this video and at the end, the company that put it out was uh, Vestron, which was like an early VHS. Uh, yeah, early VHS uh, company, and I guess they were one of the we all know about Coliseum, but I guess they were doing it before that. And this was one of the earlier like wrestling tapes. that uh, was. I guess, whom sold it in stores and where else you yeah. can sell it. But uh, yeah, and Vestron was recently uh, brought back by Lionsgate to put out like old horror movies on Blu-ray, like nice. Chopping Mall and uh, Dagon or two that come to mind. I think the gate, which is a, a great Canadian kind of like Goonies, but with a lower budget and like demonic claymation demons. But uh, yeah, I was interested to see, uh, yeah, that Vestron was, Making uh, wrestling tapes in 85.
0: I think that's all for Great American Bash 85. Yeah, I don't got a whole lot to say
1: about this. It was, uh, I didn't regret the hour that I spent watching it. No, definitely not. Good, where's the smart marks at? All right, fuck you.
0: But I feel like it's time for us to spark it up. What do you feel some of the better moments of this show were? Sam Houston taking bumps. Sam Houston. Yeah, I you,
1: love my Sam Houston bumps. You do love your Sam Houston. I don't Houston know why bump. I love that he rolled up Billy Graham. I know that it's stupid, but uh, I don't mind it when wrestling's stupid. I, I'm not. I'm not a purist I, like that.
0: I don't mind either when it makes sense. I mean, one of my, I mean, obviously, seeing the Road Warriors back back in the day is one of my my best moments.
1: Uh, the Buddy Landell thing was uh, weird, and he was really good in the ring. It was just weird to see him be called. The Nature Boy, and also look like Ric Flair, <laughs> and then like I guess he, you know, had made some b- bad decisions. Uh, not I don't know how far along after that, but his career didn't last long, and I'm pretty sure that he probably maybe uh, got into drugs or something. Is kind of what I assumed based on the things that I read.
0: I, but he I looked good I don't in this know match. Exactly.
1: He looked good in this match, so I was like surprised that I'll be, be interested to see how much more we see of him as we move forward.
0: Exactly. I know. We I think we see him at Starcade '85, but other than that, I'm not real sure what we see, what we see of him after that.
1: Do they do a storyline where he's uh, Ric Flair's like son? That's only like three years younger. <laughs> <laughs> How about some uh, disappointing moments from this show? I don't know. It was so like well cut that like when it when a match ended, I wasn't like uh, I wasn't I I I, I mean, couldn't get in. They they cut out those, like, the breather moments, so it was hard to really, like, build any match to any kind of, like, fever pitcher excitement. That's true, that's true. I mean... Which I guess is a low point, but... I'd uh, probably
0: say the worst, and when I say worst, I, I, you know, it's a very non-literal term, but the Anderson versus Sawyer and Slater match was probably the worst show, the worst match on the show, just because it felt like... I didn't really accomplish anything. It did, yeah, exactly. It didn't accomplish anything, and it was also a
1: very like a really quick match for like a, a tag team match.
0: Exactly, which is pretty much done because of the, the editing. But if that's the highlights of this of yeah, that, match, oh, that match,
1: I'm glad that they sorry. I'm glad they cleaned it up for me. Uh,
0: how about the best performer? I'm gonna go Magnum TA. I want to see more Magnum TA.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see him fight somebody that's. Uh, a little bit smaller and moves more in the ring because you know we all know Gamal was just throwing like I don't know what's like a tomahawk chop I don't know what you call it but he basically just comes down with the edge of his hand on the top of their head but he swings his arm up real big but yeah I'd love to see him in a match with somebody that's near his level at least
0: last but not least anything surprising
1: the baby doll thing. And it shouldn't be surprising. But, like, just the, like... And they get her for 30 days. And I'm like, that's...
0: But there's a belt on the line, too. I know. That's yeah. The, that's the most surprising. Like, they totally forgot about the belt completely yeah. in the match. It was just, like... It was all about baby dolls. And it's, it's
1: like... Yeah, it just feels uh, like when you're a kid and... You like make a bet with like your sibling or whatever. It's like, oh, well, you have to like do all my chores, or you have to be my slave for a day or whatever. And it's just, yeah, it's really silly.
0: Um, I also found surprising that the in the flare match that it, there were, some of the closing moments were very reminiscent of like past matches that we've just seen yeah. in Starcade '83.
1: I mean, uh, they like at this point, Ric Flair's. Calling it in the ring, and they have, a, like, the they have a finish. Same, so, doing like, the exact
0: like, same match every single time. Yeah, out. it's like not as
1: many people are seeing this. It's not on you know TV Monday at seven or whatever. Yeah, so that's true. You can kind of tour with the same same thing, get paid the same. Like so, exactly. But I mean, it's also like how many times has Hogan finished the match the same way?
0: Every single time? Yeah,
1: every single time. So, I guess if it, if it works, you don't fix it. You didn't do the it.
0: leg drop at WrestleMania 1.
1: No, I was surprised. It's true. I was surprised there, too. we can go edit back our surprise to WrestleMania 1. This <laughs> <laughs> is our indendum.
0: Now time for a look back even farther into the history of wrestling. The dusty finish. Martin Farmer Burns trained over 1,600 wrestlers in his time. That included such names as James Irvin Tootsmont, Ruddy Dussek, Earl Caddick, and Frank Gotch. At the age of twenty two Is that the Gotch
1: style pile driver? That is the Gotch oh, style pile driver. Look
0: at me, that's awesome. At the age of twenty two, Gotch lost a match to Burns in eleven minutes. It was seen as a decisive victory considering some matches went on for hours. But Burns saw the potential as well as Gotch's already famous toehold and offered to train him. Frank Gotch would find success in Iowa, including winning the American Heavyweight Championship in 1904, the same title Burns had won 10 years prior. Gotch's star was on the rise, as was wrestling's. The farther it moved away from the carnival origins toward legitimacy, the more popular it became. And as Gotch set his sights on becoming the first American to win the World Heavyweight Championship, it would just get bigger. So next week... What is next week? WWE's The Wrestling Classic. So,
1: this is the only thing in between WrestleMania 2, or
0: is there a Starcade? It's the only thing in between WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 2 from WWE. All right. But we also have, there'll be some Starcade, I think, in there somewhere that we'll cover in a couple of weeks as well. I'm
1: going to search out those MTV shows. Uh, I'm sure, but we probably won't cover them. If I watch them, we we'll, can probably talk about it a little bit
0: yeah, if mean, there's anything
1: interesting. But
0: I knew that they worked with. MTV, but I never really thought about those shows. I know the, uh, the first show, The Brawl to End It All, is actually the highest rated MTV show at of time. all
1: time. Oh, of all time. I think The Brawl to End It All is a
0: fantastic name for a show. That's true. It very much is. If you like the music from this episode, we got the theme music from the uh, Great American Bash video at the beginning. And then uh, Dusty Rhodes was using You Can't Judge a Book by Its Cover by Hank Williams Jr. and Huey Lewis, which probably playing right about now. I didn't even catch that in the show. Uh, They didn't play his entrance music. Like, Flair and Keto were the only ones that got entrance music, really. That's what he was going with, as entrance music back then. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, You can always rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or just wherever you find your podcast at. give us those reviews... Let us know how you feel. You can also email us at Wrestling History X at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Wrestling Histo X. That's Wrestling H I S T O X. And we'll talk to you next week.